Zach Ford is editor of Think Progress, LGBT at the Center for American Progress Action Fund. And Zach, thank you for being with us. Good to have you back on the program, buddy. Uh, good afternoon. Oh, good to be here. And uh, I'm welcome. Good to have you. Um, there, uh, in North Carolina, there are individuals, protesters, and not all of them are members of the LGBT community, but people who just say, hey, this is wrong and also this is ridiculous. Um, that won't let this fight go in North Carolina with this bathroom bill. Um, there have been protests. There have been protesters arrested uh, during the demonstrations over the bathroom bill and people that are opposed to this and contest this in North Carolina. Um, first of all, so that people understand, just a quickie recap. I think most people are aware, especially in our audience, what's going on. Um, talk to us about this bathroom bill. And, you know, I saw something today online. You know that guy who does uh, the Dos Equis commercials, Zach? You know, like oh, yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the smartest man in the world. It was kind of cute, and I'm going to ruin it because I'm not a comedic person. But he was like, when I go to the bathroom, I would rather have next to me a transgender person than a person who has a conceal and carry permit in North Carolina. <laughs> and I just had to say, hello. I mean, are are are, are, are we, or is North Carolina truly showing its homophobic roots, if you will, um, with legislation like this? When you look at the state of North Carolina, high unemployment, uh, high high school dropout rate, drug rate, teen pregnancy rate, uh, you know, uh, let's look at the crimes, domestic violence, uh, rape, uh, you know, uh, theft, uh, violent crimes, and then not to mention issues that we have with guns and you know i really don't care who's in the bathroom peeing i really don't i i I can't wrap my head around this so explain to folks the bathroom bill in north carolina and then let's talk about these protesters and demonstrations that have uh, followed sure well i generally don't call it a bathroom bill because i think that that fuels the argument that the other side is trying to make too much i mean these are bills that specifically discriminate against transgender people they by definition reject who trans people are by insisting that um, people only be defined by what's on their birth certificate. And um, that has a lot of um, criminal consequences if, if enforced, um, you know, in these spaces like restrooms. Uh, but it has a lot of mental health consequences, too. It's a form of rejection. It's a form of stigma. Uh, and, of course, it, it fuels this fear that fuels that stigma. So, you know, now the reason that that meme with the Dos Equis guy is going around is because we're actually seeing lots of people post that, like, they're going to take weapons with them into the bathroom to protect themselves from trans people, which is stupid because there's been zero incidents ever of these, uh, of gender identity non-discrimination protections ever leading to violence in these spaces. Absolutely. Uh, Zach, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Quick break. We'll be back to you right after this. I'm Leslie Marshall. Zach Ford's our guest. We're talking about the uh, LGBT attacks in North Carolina against these individuals and their rights. We'll be back. could save you 15% or more on car insurance at geico.com. 
back with you here on the only true democracy in talk radio. And we want to hear from you. Now, normally in this hour, I don't have a guest. And I realize we had one. And now Zach Ford, editor of Think Progress LGBT at the Center for American Progress Action Fund, is our second. Zach's been on the show before. But I know there are many of you that have opinions about what's happening in North Carolina. Although it's dubbed the bathroom bill, as Zach rightly pointed out, this is a discriminatory, prejudicial, bigoted, and homophobic bill. And I want to get your take on this. Fifty-four protesters were arrested at the North Carolina State House in Raleigh yesterday. They were pro- and anti-LGBT rights demonstrators who descended on the Capitol in that state to protest or support the controversial law that was enacted last month. Eighteen protesters were arrested on building violations charges. Others were arrested and accused of staying in the building after it closed for the evening. That's according to Officer Scott Cameron, who's with the General Assembly Police there in North Carolina, specifically in Raleigh. We're going to take your calls i want you to give us a buzz at 8886 leslie 8886537543 uh zach ford uh, wrote a great piece um about ted cruz uh not wanting any transgender people in any bathroom anywhere we'll talk about that first we're talking about the protesters who were arrested yesterday in north carolina after these uh, demonstrations or at these demonstrations zach ford editor of think progress lgbt at the center for american progress action fund is our guest zach thank you for holding welcome back so let's sure, talk sir. let's talk about these i'm i'm going to bet the, the protesters weren't people protesting the protests, right? They were people who were protesting the anti, uh, they're not the anti-LGBT rights demonstrators. They were the pro-LGBT rights demonstrators, I would imagine. Am I correct in that? Correct. They're, they're folks on our side. And what's great about North Carolina is that um, they already have an infrastructure for um, these really great Moral Monday rallies. Um, Reverend Barber there at the NAACP of North Carolina, um, a, a great LGBT uh, ally himself. And so the fact that today was, or Monday was the day that the uh, legislature was coming back to session, you know, they, they passed the, the bill during a special session that they called Just to Do uh, HB2, you know, it's the perfect time to sort of fire all of that back up and, and capitalize on all of the, uh, the anger and enthusiasm to, to overturn this bill, to have it repealed. And, you know, we, we saw 54 arrests. That they were charged with second-degree trespassing. Uh, I think, you know, uh, bail was set for some at $1,000. Uh, this was a serious uh, endeavor that these folks took to, to occupy the building and let these lawmakers know they're not going to settle uh, until this law is overturned. Yeah, this isn't just going to go away. So people right. are familiar. It's the Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act. It was signed into law last month. People, some call it the bathroom bill. Uh, these tr- uh, protesters were transported to the Wake County Jail. Uh, the law is also known as House Bill 2 or HB 2, and that put a statewide policy. It bans individuals from using public bathrooms that do not correspond to their biological sex. And it also stopped uh, it also stopped cities from passing anti-discrimination ordinances to protect gay and transgender people. Zach, let's talk about what this means. Does this mean it is permissible in the state of North Carolina to refuse a transgender person um, or a gay individual from renting an apartment in your building or from working in your private non-governmental private sector company? Or no, because federal law supersedes that, or no, because federal law doesn't specifically uh, you know, define discrimination against the LGD, LGBT community within civil rights? Well, it's murky because the federal law does not explicitly protect sexual orientation or gender identity, but we have seen success uh, in some cases uh, of using the, the 
protections based on sex, an uh, employment like in Title VII, uh, and an education like in Title IX, to protect based on gender identity. And we're starting to see some test cases where it might apply to sexual orientation, too. But it isn't precedent uh, in the law. It isn't precedent in the courts. Um, it's precedent in some agencies, but, you know, a different president could come in, a President Cruz could get elected and decide they're, they're not going to interpret it that way at all. So um, it's very limited protection at the federal level, nothing explicit, and North Carolina did, doesn't have anything at the state level. Uh, the executive order that Governor McCrory signed to try to do some damage control didn't really change much, but did create some protections for state employees. But, of course, it didn't overturn the, the bathroom ban, so, you know, a state employee can be guaranteed uh, not to be discriminated against for being transgender, but then gets into their office building and isn't allowed to use the bathroom there. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. And so people understand, I mean, if you have numbers or any idea percentage-wise or exact numbers compared to the population in that state, how many LGBT people are there? And I say that because, uh, no offense to North Carolina, to Raleigh and other great cities, but when I think of a huge LGBT community, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina is not the first thing that comes to mind. San Francisco, California, Los Angeles, California, New York, New York. Um, but, you know, why Why did this or is this, if it is, in fact, because I don't think it is an issue in North Carolina? Well, you know, LGBT people are everywhere. I think that's one of the most important things that drives our movement and distinguishes it in some important ways from the civil rights movement is, you know, we're not born to families of other queer people. We're born everywhere. And so, you know, there are thriving LGBT communities uh, in North Carolina, in, in both the cities and in the rural parts. And Charlotte was the first city to step up and say, we're actually going to protect our, our LGBT people in housing and employment and in public accommodations. And that's what prompted this backlash. And so, um, you know, there was a sort of ignorance of bliss feeling in that the, there was not a lot of negative action being taken against the LGBT community, but there was no protection in place either. So, um, you know, these folks are there. These folks are uh, experiencing the backlash because of this, because of this fueled stigma in, in their community. And uh, it's really problematic. Uh, let's take some calls. 8886 Leslie. 8886537543 is the number. Michael's in the Bronx online too. Uh, Michael, uh, good afternoon. Happy Tuesday. Welcome. Question or comment for Zach Ford? Hello, Leslie, and hello, Zach. You know, Hi. once again, I have to expose the disgusting and despicable right wing hypocrisy and the hatred that is going on. And the thing is, is that I take note as to the people that were arrested. Now, from what I've heard, that a lot of the people that, if not all, that were arrested were those that were um, against this particular bill going to law, citing, of course, equal rights. Now, I've seen it time and time again, even here in New York City, when we had a Republican mayor, and that is that whenever a progressive or liberal Democrat voices their opinion, exercising their First Amendment rights against something they see an injustice. They're the ones that are always arrested with bogus charges, as I will always call it, um, the government or the Republicans trying to silence the opposition. The other thing that is so disgusting is that how the heck is it? And I have to make comparison to what went on in Oregon just a few months ago where Republic, with Republicans, namely I think it was the Bundy family, that were inside or on government grounds even after hours 
totally armed and even threatening people to um, some harm if anyone tried to intervene. And it took like several days before someone took action against them. They were clearly white or Caucasian and right wing, and they crossed the line. So how the hell is it that uh, how the hell is it that anyone can condone? What went on in North Carolina with people exercising their First Amendment rights, and they were clearly unarmed and going about peacefully? Zach? Well, certainly. I mean, you know, we, there definitely is a double standard if, you know, you can occupy a park station in Oregon and, you know, take control of it with you know, guns and whatnot for several weeks, but then people peacefully sitting in protest outside lawmakers' offices um, get arrested immediately and, and, and taken to jail. I mean, uh, it's it's obviously civil disobedience. They were there after hours. There was a law being broken, but um, they could have been respected. They could have been um, allowed to just continue protesting uh, the same way that, you know, Colleges usually allow students who are, you know, occupying an administrative building to continue protesting or something like that. Uh, but it's not what happened, and and I, I don't think that it's going to silence anybody. Um, but it certainly uh, will, you know, make it uh, if it continues to happen and, and it doesn't move the lawmakers at all. Uh, it certainly becomes a, a greater burden for us to continue taking those sorts of actions, and we have to explore how we can recruit more people to make the actions more impactful, or or how we can make it more hurt the, the lawmakers than their you know chances for re-election. All right. Thank you for that question, Michael, and uh, Zach, for that great response. Let's go to Georgia on line three. Reggie, listening on Progressive Voices. Uh, Reggie, question or comment for our guest? Yes, I have a question. Uh, how exactly do you react or respond to people like us, such as Dana Lowe from The Blaze, who did a video skit parody mocking transgender people using the bathroom or going to use the bathroom? How do you respond to people who do such things like that or such as... Well, one, you don't say their name and give them the publicity they're seeking, but go ahead. Keep going, Reggie. It was mocking them. I mean, she did it. She did a video. No, I know. Okay, so how do you stop conservative talk show hosts from making the choice to mock those in the LGBT community and and, and using this as fodder for comedy or to further their own political agenda? Yes, or or from further discrimination that they've already faced because they face more than enough of it as women and minorities do, you know, every single day, every every day. How do we keep this from further discriminating against people who have been discriminated enough, far way more than enough, to be exact? Zach? Well, a lot of what's happening right now, I think, is that we've we've seen the surge in visibility of trans people. You know, a lot of people recognize the name Caitlyn Jenner. People recognize the name Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black. Uh, people have watched Transparent on Amazon. We're starting to see trans people more. We, we think we sort of know a little bit about who trans people are. But what we're continuing to see more in research is that uh, as much as people recognize the word and maybe recognize the individuals, they don't actually know what the word means. They don't really know what it means to be transgender. And so often, you know, whether it's Fox News or whether it's any of these uh, conservative lawmakers and officials in, in North Carolina, they don't know trans people. They didn't include trans people in the conversations when they passed this law. And they're, you know, continuing to... to try to keep trans people out of the conversation. I think that, you know, trans visibility is only um, half the battle and really making sure that we're hearing their stories, that we know who they are, that we know what their lives are, that we can really start to appreciate them and appreciate that they're not threats, that they're not perverts going into the bathroom, that they're just peaceful people that are 
trying to go about their lives and, and, and be happy and healthy and well. So I think that we need to think about different ways that we can include that, improve that education uh, and make sure that visibility um, isn't in a bubble and that it doesn't exist on its own without that education. Okay. Um, Zach, I, I want to talk about this as well. I mean, I'm a woman, and I've been the victim, unfortunately, of rape many years ago, and it was not in a bathroom. But I have to say, um, because I have been mugged, because I've been robbed, because I have been the victim of a sexual assault, um, I'm sometimes leery about entering a bathroom. But this is not legislation that stops predators, right? I mean, and, 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 and I'm all open to legislation that would protect women, or young girls especially, and children shouldn't be in the bathroom alone anyway, for people who use that argument, um, in my opinion, as a mother of an eight, uh, two eight-year-olds right now. My daughter just turned eight. But, you know, this doesn't stop predators. I mean, the LGBT community are not praying, you know, the, the, a, a man who is wearing women's clothing or a man who is in the midst of or has completed, um, you know, uh, g- gender reassignment is not using the ladies' room to look at vaginas or to hurt no. someone in the ladies' room. Um, so no, I mean, th- 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 this all stems from, from ignorance and, and hatred and homophobia, prejudice, and, and bigotry. Sure, there are so many myths in, in here to unpack. I mean, one is most people who experience sexual assault don't experience it in a public space, and they usually don't experience it from a stranger. In almost all cases, with only some exceptions, it's somebody they know, and it's in a space where that person has access to them. So, uh, you know, one, it's just not happening in bathrooms, whether it's people pretending to be, you know, whatever or not. Um, but the other thing is that, as you said, it doesn't, change any of the criminal behaviors you know if you're filming someone under the stall if you're doing whatever that's illegal uh and you can be called out on that and you know people are trying to claim that well now we don't know if there's uh if it's a man just dresses a woman so that he can pretend that he has access and, and engage in these nefarious things or if it's an actual trans woman and what they're actually sort of promoting when they're saying that is profiling right um, there's actually a really interesting story this week about um, some folks who aren't trans but just don't quite fit you know feminine norms or masculine norms uh, for their gender and, and they're also getting uh, subjected to, to prejudice and assault um, just because they don't look like they fit either. So there's this fear that of just people not fitting in, that they're somehow there for nefarious purposes, and it's, it's simply not true. And even if they were, there's, their behavior is still, you know, subject to question and subject to arrest uh, if, if that's what they're actually doing. So we have to kind of get out of this idea that just because um, – you know, we're making sure that they have access to the restrooms that they should be using, that it somehow allows them or enables them to engage in negative behavior. I mean, it's simply not what transgender people do, um, but it's also not what the law does. It's not what these non-discrimination protections do. All right, Zach, thank you for being with us. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon here on the program. Zach Ford, editor of Think Progress LGBT at the Center for American Progress Action Fund.